Hello, this is Richard Wilson at the Family Office Club, and we have with us here Janine Blake from OpZone Capital. Welcome, Janine. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, we're excited to have you here today. And why don't we start out with a little bit about your your day to day, you know, perspective and what your background is is in that's allowed you to uh, be so successful in raising capital. Well, <clears throat> my background is portable moving and storage. Uh, we actually disrupted the moving industry uh, with a company called Pods, Portable On Demand Storage. And that was back some 20 years ago. Um, we built a box and then we built a lift and, and we took it to somebody's driveway. <laughs> and it started from there. So uh, the customer <clears throat> created new ways for us to use our product. And um, my job in that was to franchise our system. Great. So you spoke with um, hundreds of investors that would buy a master franchisee or a single location and other investors maybe who were not a franchisee, but maybe wanted to invest in such a fast growing company. True story. So started out with mom and pops, um, eventually grew into private equity groups um, and and then those who couldn't necessarily afford to get in, uh, they would invest uh perhaps at the, the PPM level with us to, to raise that capital and expand uh, from a corporate standpoint. Sure. Okay. So if someone's listening to this and they're trying to raise their first $2 million, $5 million, $8 million, and they had all the experience that you had, you know, what, what would be one or two insights that you could share that, you know, you wish you knew when you were at that level that would have sped up the whole process? I would go for private equity money all day, every day. Um, you can scale your business uh, so much faster than the one-off. Um, whether, again, I had a mix, right? So I had, I had private equity coming in to help me grow my corporate locations. And then I had a whole new investor level at the private equity uh, portion where they came in and they bought multiple territories um, and then always double the number that you think you need <laughs> always <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if you think you need two million you need four <laughs> right right and uh, what about family offices most people go from uh, high net worth to kind of family office ultra wealthy investors and then the private equity did you quickly skip through that middle section because you were growing so rapidly um, or did you work with a few people that maybe they didn't call themselves a family office, but were at that level? Yes, for sure. Um, interestingly enough, um, family offices were, were a huge component of what we did. Um, and, and that's truly, you know, when we started out, it was much like today is with the, the coronavirus going on, right? Sure. We, we had big slumps um, in the economic system and people said, oh, this is never going to work. And interestingly enough, those family offices were who really gravitated to, toward us and uh, yeah. really put us on the map. Yeah, that's good for people to hear right now, I think. Um, you know, a lot of people gather 50 or 100 little investors and then they go to the family offices. But um, I know one family office club member that um, has gotten to 250 million in assets with just three investors that's abnormal, but they went straight to that market. Um, you know, when we, yeah, when we invited you to speak at CapitalCon, what were the one or two points that you wanted to make sure and get across in this interview 
that you think would be most powerful or counterintuitive, et cetera? Just keep your nose to the grind. Um, don't listen to what anybody else says. <laughs> uh, stick with the program and and yes, I, I would I would gravitate toward the family office focus. Again, scalability um, and perseverance because that's what's going to get you there. Um, the, the small mom and pops, it's just not, it's not quick. It's not scalable. Right, right. And in your case, it was a very big industry where there's a lot of demand floating around, but you had a very innovative approach. I'm sure you got a lot of pushback and there's some struggle probably at the very beginning, I guess, with trying to educate either the customer or the investors on this kind of innovative approach, because we see a lot of innovations within the family office club, but sometimes they're in an innovative area like stem cells with an innovation. It's like a niche within a new niche that I think is different than the transportation or the moving industry where you have an innovative product, but you know, people are in the space every day moving. And can you talk about how hard that was education wise or did you you guys really get a lot of momentum from, from the beginning? Well, I'll say that our product was fairly intuitive to the customer, okay? Um, and the customer taught us on, again, we didn't set out to, to go into it. I, I would say that was a 3M's post-it note, okay? It, right. it happened, and, and we're very grateful. What I, what I would preach here is adaptability. So with that innovation that you're talking about, listening to – your clientele, figuring out that niche and, and pushing it forward. That education, yes, it's necessary, um, but it, it needs to be somewhat intuitive. And then your investor will, in fact, have that intuition and, and see the, the light in, in what you're trying to do um, and, and be comfortable with that. Sure. I don't know that I answered that the way you'd like, but uh, that makes sense. it's, you know, it, it needs to be simple, right? Everything needs sure. to be simple. Sure. Uh, we did an interview with um, a CEO founder of a real estate development firm uh, that was a female just two days ago, and she did a great job. If there's any other females listening that maybe feel like, you know, this is too much of a male space, the whole capital raising the world and the investment world is so male oriented. Um, do you have any advice for kind of surviving that and like having a, either a thick enough skin or did you just kind of ignore that? And like you said, don't listen to anybody or, you know, any, any insights on that? Yeah. You know, I guess I go back to my childhood, right? My parents always told me you can do whatever you want to do. Uh, just set your mind to it and you can accomplish whatever. Um, it it is predominantly male driven, but you know, just don't go in with an attitude. Be, be humble and be willing to learn. Um, and again, just put your nose to the grind and, and do it. It's not, uh, it's not rocket science. We, we're all capable, right? We're all human right, beings. Right. And, uh, and just, just make it happen. It's education. Education is number one. You educate. It's, it's no different than a sale, right? Right. You educate the consumer on why they need something. And they either like it or they don't, and they have another option. Um, and, and that's what I kind of pride myself on and what I did. 
Okay. You could say I sold a bunch of stuff, but no, I, I educated somebody and I sold a business model. And right. I'm proud to tell you, I didn't have any failures. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? Great. And that's, yeah. in my opinion, that speaks loudly. So, um, right. yeah, that's great. And then yeah. um, the last question I had, and then feel free to add anything else you wanted to get through during this interview, was um, a lot of people go to family offices with an idea and they just don't get any response at all. They don't get a reply to their email. They don't get a phone call back. Everyone says, oh, you got to work through referrals. And they say, well, I don't have any yet. So they're trying to crack into this space and there's just so much noise and so many emails being pitched at especially well-known family offices. What advice do you have for getting the initial attention, you know, getting that first meeting, getting a phone call back? What did you learn was kind of one of your secrets, your kind of go-to patterns for opening the door? So strategically target your family office. Um, they, they like a specific asset class most times, right? They, right. they might have a, a bailiwick of five. And if you fit into that, <clears throat> perhaps you go to them and have your stuff buttoned up, have projects um, and, and have them, have them baked in and, and conservative and, and still showing a, a healthy return. Um, I'll give you an example. If you like a fine handbag, right? Right. You, you like a specific kind and you're not really interested in another brand. Go and strategize, target that asset class for that, that specific family office. Otherwise, you're, you're kind of throwing a casting net versus a shotgun approach. Right, right. Got it. Okay, great. Yeah, appreciate you sharing that. And um, anything else you wanted to add in the interview here today or any way that um, anyone can come get a hold of you if they have any questions or want to share notes or work together in some way? Oh, um, you know, no, just thank you for having me. And uh, certainly uh, visit our website at opzone-capital.com. Great. Great. Thank, thank you, Janine. Appreciate Thank it. you.